Welcome to Federal Insights, sponsored by Genesis. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Stephen Boberski. He's the Chief Technology Officer for the Public Sector at Genesis. Steve, always good to have you in. Thanks for having me. And we are talking about customer experience, but from the angle of how you give the best customer experience by beginning by taking care of your employees. Mm -hmm. And the theory is they'll do better by your clients, constituents, customers, Absolutely. if you do well by them. So let's talk about what are the best practices right now, both in terms of how you deliver service to employees and some of the technology underpinning it that agencies need to do. Well, you know, uh, right now, uh, as you know, it, well, it actually always has been a challenge with retention and training, right? So retention and training, um, and how do you adjust retention and training today, leveraging either technology or um, you know, personnel at your disposal? And because of COVID, with the remote work initiatives that are out there, um, there's been a renewed effort to, to focus on training and, and management of, the, of them, because it's a different skill, managing agents remotely, right? So um, the technology available today uh, is, is really about uh, enabling the agent. So uh, we, we at Genesis talk about experience as a service, and, and to do that, we talk about something called journey mapping, right? So um, this is allowing the agents to see where a customer has been at all times in their journey to talk to them. And why this is important for the agent experience is simply contact centers can be wrote, right, during the day, right? Says, Hi, how may I help you? Have you tried this today? If the agent knows what you have done on your way into the website or, or, or to the contact center, which is, oh, I see you've tried to renew your license or I see you've been trying to get your passport and we're looking for a status, you know, how can I help you? Um, as opposed to, hi, how can I help you? What have you done? And they spend 20 minutes relaying everything they've tried and failed. Having that journey point by point displayed intelligently in front of the agent so they know what you've been trying to do or what the customer's been trying to do, where they're trying to go, and they can immediately empathize, right? So that's a great experience for the, for the, for the caller and for the agent because he doesn't have to play inquisitor, right? And can focus more on what the needs are immediately. Feels better, empathetic, gets a better response from the person calling in, and then all those wonderful metrics we talk about, call handling time, you know, wait times, that all solves itself, right? And now the agent's happier. They're spending less time on calls doing you know, really boring things. Um, there's always the enablement stuff, like, I should say stuff, but you know, self-service. Self-service is another thing. You know, take as much of the rote activity away from the agents as possible. And self-service is, is pretty good uh, these days. It's very, you know, with the incorporation of bots and some other artificial intelligence, it's, it's a little bit smarter now. It's not just, can I reset my password? It's, you know... Uh, with with our, some of our analytical capabilities, we can do real-time analysis of where they've been, what they're doing, and then the database is constantly updated and you get better responses. So um, that's another thing that we're doing. But, um, and that's very, that's very popular right now from best practice perspective. Yeah, because the idea of self-service has really deeply permeated the corporate world. So maybe in the government world, pursuant to retaining your employees, you want to give them the best possible experience. And sometimes the uh, self-service is more efficient than calling somewhere or getting a call center. Absolutely, and it's also important that the agencies, whenever possible, eat their own dog food, right? Which is making these technologies available <laughs> for their own internal contact centers. When they call the help desk, make sure that there's these same technology there. Like, you know, I'm an agent on the phone, but I'm having a problem with my computer. You should be able to tell where I've been or how many times I've called. This is the third time I've called in about this issue. Let's, let's fix it, right? So a lot of focus on the customer is important, and it does drive agents' experience. But, you know, doing this internally, every every agency has an internal contact center, whether it's human re human resources or uh, sure help desk or something like that. And so it's it's you know it's kind of like the cobbler's 
son, right? You know, their shoes. They spend the money on the on the experience side for the age for the customers, which is great, and maybe it trickles in. Um, and it's not always easy to get that funded initially, right? Internally, right? So, um, if we find mostly they're focusing on on but you know the, the initiative from the federal government, obviously from the administration, is driving customer experience right now. But um, the employee experience is still, we think, exactly fifty percent of the equation. You, it's great to do. You have to focus on both. And by the way, if you make a call center more efficient so people are dealing with what they know already when the person comes in, as you said, we know you're trying to do this, that, or the other, that makes a better experience for the call center employee, too, doesn't 100%, it? 100%, right. Yep, and then they're, they're, just, they're, just, they just, they're just happier. Right? You know, they, they feel engaged. Because they're going to get better reception, receive better by the person calling in, they just feel more helpful. And that gives them, you know, more time to focus on, on some training and some, um, some other initiatives, right? Because they're not always spending time resetting passwords or, that, like I said, that 20 question. And can that extend to the process by which the government acquires talent or, say, someone that is applying for a government job? Let's face it. There's a lot of forms, there's a lot of fields, there's a lot of filling in you have to do. It's oh, mostly absolutely. online now, Yep. and maybe you can't do it all at once. And so maybe there's a way to extend that kind of journey mapping and, and uh, status of your particular issue to the pre-employment process when oh, people absolutely. are considering the government. It's absolutely an issue today. Um, you know, uh, one of the, if, if you look at the mandate and, the, and the, the, the funds that were available, $100 million available to the federal government, uh, much of it has been spent on optimizing websites for the agency for internal processes, and that is, in fact, driving experience because every every employee is a citizen, right? So um, it counts, but it's not. About, it's, it's about improving that overall because again, you focus on the agents. When you start talking about retention, you know, remote work made it, you know extended the reach. That gave you a better, you know, a different mixed demographic of who you could reach before, which is great. So you have a new talent pool, but now you have to qualify the talent pool, and no one's coming in for interviews. So it did drive an entire new front end process. Absolutely. And what's required for a call center to know and a website to retain all of this journey map where you are on the map? And so that, as we said earlier, the call center knows what's going on before the phone rings because they see the URL that the request is coming in. Right. Well, I mean, I, that really depends on what's deployed today. I mean, the, the really fun thing about this is you don't have to do a lift and shift of your entire environment, right? So there's, there's a way to, depending on where you are in your Context center development, when I say journey, we're talking about where the evolution of the technology they have today. It may simply be that they have to, they only have to put in and plug in some APIs for the reporting to catch, um, you know, the transactions at each site. It may be that it's a more advanced uh, discovery and you're talking about refining the website itself. So it really varies. Um, it's hard to say right off the bat, you know, what technology is required, but you know, there's always an artificial intelligence component. There's absolutely an analytical component, right? And and it's it's as near real time as possible. So it's a whole iterative process, right? You listen, uh, you you process, you respond, and then you learn, right? That's our that's our process for experience as a service. But that whole iterative journey of of you know that learning is real time. So the database is constantly getting updated. Agents have better information at their disposal, and that applies to inside or outside. And can the cloud enable this in some manner? Absolutely. So the cloud is the driver from a you know from many perspectives. One, um, again, during COVID, we found that a lot of folks couldn't access the, the their their local workstations or the technology that they were connected to. Right, the VPN servers didn't really bear the burden. They had to allow some exceptions to allow what we call over the top, which is directly through the internet to connect to solutions as opposed to VPNing in and then tunneling out. Right, so the cloud brought a lot of flexibility. But because of FedRAMP and a lot of other security programs, it brings it enhances the security of the entire enterprise for the federal government. So 
We're a FedRAMP authorized service provider. We have one service in process and another one that's already authorized. And we focus nothing but our, our attention on that solution for 24 hours, eight, seven days a week, every day for the year, which means well, the agency has to thin those resources out. Say, I'm going to look at the contact center for a while. I'm going to look at UC. I've got to focus on that's it's our only focus. You can just check that off the list, right? So now you automatically have um, less things to worry about, and you can focus those resources on other things that maybe have not migrated to the cloud or require migration. So the advantage of the cloud, besides the obvious, which is like geo redundancy and diversity, and you know survivability and, and 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 availability from something like a COVID or maybe a major outage at your data center, um, it's it's also just enabled. Right, and you mentioned training too earlier as a way of ensuring better retention of employees, better right. satisfaction as employees. How does this cloud-based service option figure into the training question? So, you know, workforce optimization and workforce management and, and training, um, where you're doing call recording and screen capture technology uh, actively. Um, you have the ability, if you have whisper capability, which means, you know, supervise. this has always been there. It can, can, can whisper in the ear of an agent, but the caller can't really hear what's being said necessarily. You have a barge capability, which is, it's been as long as contact centers have been, which is if the, if, if the supervisor or someone feels like they absolutely have to intervene, they can. Um, but the, the natural, some of the natural language analytics that are available today that you gather um, on a call, um, you, you're doing this analysis as, as, as the calls come in and you're just constantly developing that database and, and evolving. And that becomes training, right? So um, training and, and you know, there's, all, there's a lot of compliance. Recording is often done for compliance, right? It's, it's you know, the quality management, QA and QM, is really where the call recording is aimed from an agency perspective as much as possible, which is here's how we could have maybe, you know, improved the call. Here's what you did well. Being able to re re absolutely review the screen capture and the audio simultaneously for every call uh, is, is actually a great training tool. Right. I was going to say the audio alone won't do it if you can't see what it is people are trying to do online at that point. That's right. And that's where it becomes tricky. And that's where, you know, in the federal space, um, you know, compliance comes into play. And there's, there's a lot of different uh, information, PII, um, if, it's, if you're in the sled space dealing with FTI, federal tax information, you know, what you can and can't capture, how you capture it is uh, as much of an art as a science. Sometimes some applications need to parse some data out or tag it so that you don't accidentally capture what you're not supposed to. Um, and then other ways you have to guarantee the data. So the discovery phase of all of this, when you're trying to set this technology up, is by far and away the tallest and longest pole in the tent. But it will yield what I think the greatest benefit. We have a, a whole group of people that will sit with an agency, no charge, and just observe for three days and come up with you know, best practices and what they, we think you know, they would have an opportunity to improve or maybe optimize the service. Right, and the detail we went by pretty quickly, but I think is important too. Sometimes, and we've seen this with airlines or whatever, or hotel reservations, and this can happen in this customer experience realm, is that you need to, the call center person needs to hand off the call to a different authority or oh, yeah. to some specific expertise. That's right. And how many times have that's, have you had that happen? And then, well, tell me what's going on here. You know, you start all over right. from scratch. That's right. So you can transfer the knowledge as it happens to the next line. That's correct. Phone. And that technology is, is, is becoming more prevalent across uh, the federal government, from, especially intra-agency, right? So um, it's amazing, again, because of FedRAMP and some other programs that allow these databases to be shared securely on the back end um, and, and other arrangements, um, they can create um, contact centers and they can do a warm transfer and they can start sharing at least some customer data. It, it, it still gets a little tricky because all their databases do not line up, obviously. So there's, there's a disparity of what they're showing and how it looks, right? But um, it's, it's, it's the beginning of the journey right now for the federal government in doing that. And knowledge management is a practice, right? They help chief data officers and, and how they leverage that. But it's happening right now. Um, and it's, 
uh, really warm transfer in between. Uh, but but absolutely, the, I think the, one of the best practices you've seen during COVID is, and, and some, some agencies have always been doing this, but I think almost all of them are doing it now, which is they have to transfer someone, they stay in the line until they get to the other side. Instead of, I'm going to transfer you over here, and you get put back in queue. <laughs> you know, that's, okay, I just spent two hours in queue, or whatever it is, or maybe 20 minutes. I don't want to get back into another queue. So you have you know, the ability to express path that to the right agent. Those capabilities exist. Um, and then make sure that the record's there when it gets there, which is nice. All right, well, we're going to explore more, but first we're going to take a short break. My guest today is Stephen Boberski. He's the Chief Technology Officer for the Public Sector at Genesis. I'm Tom Temin on Federal Insights, a special edition discussion focusing on the customer experience, sponsored by Genesis here on Federal News Network. Put your citizens at the center of government services with Genesis, the global provider of modern customer and employee experience solutions. With Genesis technology, government agencies at all levels deliver citizen-centric support that ensures constituents are remembered, heard, and understood every time they connect with you. Deliver on the promise of a digital government with Genesis. To learn more, including FedRAMP solutions, visit genesis.com government. That's G-E-N-E-S-Y-S dot government. Welcome back to The Federal Insights, a special edition discussion focusing on the customer experience sponsored by Genesis here on Federal News Network. My guest today is Stephen Boberski, the Chief Technology Officer for the Public Sector at Genesis. And Steve, before the break, we were concentrating on the employee experience. How do you improve that and how do you then bridge that to the customer experience, which is the basic focus of what some of the presidential executive orders are right now? Service to the citizen, better, better experience when people come to federal websites, and maybe not just websites. Well, you know, there's a, there are, there are myriads of ways. To, you know, if what you fo- if you're focusing on both ends at the same time, right? You're using the same technology, right? So um, we talked about what the agent gets from the benefit from what the experience is on the other side when you're focusing that empathy, which is important. But we sell, you know, we call it experience as a service, but that experience is all touch points, and it's making sure that you have visibility on all touch points, right? Because some of the data you gather. Uh, is is real-time practical from a, wow, um, this is the 36th time in the last hour someone's come directly from the website to the queue. There's probably a problem with the website that we didn't catch, right? Something as simple as that, or as, wow, um, this week, 150 different people have gotten stuck at this phase of PAP or renewal or wherever. Perhaps we can look at that process, right? So um, as as the agents are getting that 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 experience and learning and the, the database begins to grow and the knowledge, you're drawing on what the experience from the, from the customers are. And then you're going to make that improvement instantly. So the 151st person is, is not going to get stuck. And obviously you hope it's way before 151 people. But, you know, it depends on how people, are, how fast they're calling in, right? So, um, but we have the capability to have those analytics to, to in real time. You're not just, you know, everybody wants to know what the wait time, hold time, how long I'm going to be. There's callbacks. So I don't have to wait and hold. That's all great technology and it's important. But nobody's buying technology for technology's sake anymore, right? So we believe, again, focus on that experience for the employee and for the agent, and all those metrics take care of themselves, like I said earlier. So um, one of the, you know, we, we talked a little bit about self-service, but bots in general, you know, there's chat bots. You can almost always tell when you're talking to a chat bot, right? It's not really a secret when, if, if it's really poorly done. But really, it's what do you do with the information you collect with that chat bot, right? So it's, you can try and do some automated service, and if it doesn't work, shoot them to an agent live and wait, right? But then you have to make sure that data still gets there so you're not asking the same question that the chatbot just asked for 20 minutes, right? Um, that's all involved in routing to the right 
agent, right? So skills-based routing, you're now using data captured um, that you have to you have to identify and say, make sure it's getting to the right agent, right? So uh, it's all about improving the experience at every touch point. So, you know, it's also nice to know, to be able to, for the customer experience, let's take a web page, for example. And, you know, sometimes you, you've been to websites, as soon as you hit the website, you get automated chat. Like, hey, look, I'm good, I don't need help, stay away, you know. <laughs> right. but, but so it just pops up, right? So would it be nice if you had the ability to, and we can help you with this, um, as, a, as an agency, don't introduce that chat until you see that there's a problem, whether it's a timeout uh, on, a, on a particular page, uh, trying to hit a link a few times, or yes, of course, asking for help. But instead of just being, hey, how can we help? How can we help? Maybe they're just, you know, reading the web page. So um, those kind of things really do make an impact on the experience of the, of the customer, right? And again, by the time they get to the agent, you know, it's like, oh, okay, really, it's about time, you know. So you want to be able to express, and if you know that that person has been in queue three or four times, um, they dropped twice. They tried the chat. You have the ability to say, "Hey, when this guy calls in next time, or gal, route him straight to an agent. Don't even, don't even, you know, move him to the front of the line." You have the ability to do those kind of things, right? So, um, there's there's natural language heuristics being developed right now where you can actually de- detect the emotional state of the caller. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about compliance. You're talking about, you know, when we you get certain hotlines or you know, you know, veterans line or a suicide hotline or maybe a 911 contact center, you know, having that. Real-time analysis, sure. Even before you answer the call, if or, or while you're talking to them, um, getting that feedback, it can automatically maybe alert some other folks. You know, while you're still handling the call, which is, wow, I want to talk to this person. I don't want to lose the line, but they've said some key words that I absolutely need this specialist to cut on the phone and they'll leave the bar, and it can notify and pull them in, right? So those kind of, I mean, that's a deep dive into it of, of, of a use case, but all those type of things exist. So. There's so many opportunities, you know, which you, everybody talks about AI when they talk about generally like, oh, it's just going to displace the agent. It's never going to displace, you're not going to displace the agent, right? So it's about making that agent's life better um, and, and, and the ability to serve the customer better, which then makes the customer so much happier and so much more ready to call. Um, uh, if you take the emergency side out of the house, because that's a whole, there's a whole, you know, theory on how to do, address emergency situations with, with technology versus humans. Um, but just in general, optimizing a website based on data you gather from people, you know, bouncing sure. from there to the call, or vice versa, right? How many people, um, just in an IVR, right, you know, they call in uh, uh, and they're trying to, you know, get, just put in the data and get something back, right? So that automation's existed, you know, you've been able to get your checking account balance over the phone for 30 years, right? But, you know, if it's something more process-oriented, um, like where's, what is the status of my passport application, right. or, you know, where's my tax refund, right? Um, Maybe there's some triggers that would say, hey, you know what, that guy's held up because we want to talk to them and we couldn't reach him. Let's pull him into a call. Now we can answer that question. So you have that ability. I mean, that's, that's some very detailed analytics, but it's, hey, it's Bob. We couldn't reach Bob for like three weeks. He's, he's now calling us and has a problem. Make sure we get Bob, right? The idea, though, is this is all tied in a multimodal system. Absolutely. It's omnichannel, which is it doesn't matter if it's email, chat, uh, phone call, web chat session, or uh, text. Right, doesn't even social media. There's social media hooks as well, right? So if they if they want to do uh, uh, a message directly from one of the domains, they absolutely can. If it's Facebook sure. or Twitter, you know, um, so that that kind of in, in, you know they right. That's a that's a great retail application outside of the federal government as well, right? But but um, internally as well, when there's a real time event going on, let's say uh, you know uh, an emergency response. Social media blows up faster than anything, right? If you can capture that and you can respond to it on social media. Citizens know that you're paying attention, right? And it's, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to catch that data. And to get back to process and process improvement, I remember many years ago the IRS would examine forms, and as you mentioned, paper forms, 
when they saw significant numbers of people making the same mistake on a form, they would say maybe there's something wrong with the form, and right. they would redesign it. That could take a year <laughs> you know, to get a paper form. What you're speaking about now, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, the idea that if a certain significant number of people get hung up at a certain point in an online process, then maybe that process needs re-examining. Sounds like that can happen not in real time, but at least very quickly. It, it, it can happen very quickly, of course, with all of this technology change in the front end, the organization of the, of the government has to change with it, right? So you have to be prepared to, to make that response. Is, hey, I have all this data at my disposal. Who's looking at it and how quickly? So that's part of the equation, right? Which is, you know, and this is why the training is so important. This is why the agent experience is so important because as call times go down and wait times go down, some of your more experienced agents are available to help on the analysis side, right? And you can maybe, today you're gonna be, you're taking a look at the data and you're gonna be on response duty, right? Which is, you're gonna monitor, besides the supervisor, you're gonna help. And today we're gonna address, hey, look, this is a, a hot item. Um, so that's super important. Uh, the agencies must grow with the technology, right? Which is, hey, we're going to throw all this great stuff on the front end, and then all this data sits there and no one's looking at it. So it doesn't help to know that there's a problem with the website if there's no one to fix it, or it, the change process to fix the website is a board that doesn't meet till next Thursday, right? So those kind of, you have to adjust the process with that, and that's part of the analysis we help you with when we sit with you. So Right, so there has to be a view, a dashboard into what's happening on the line there, that's right. back to agency managers that can do something about it. Correct. Yeah, so you know, there is a lot of uh, mapping of process and, and who's who in the zoo as far as who's going to handle an issue, right? So some web, you know, and it obviously depends on every agency. They, their missions are different and how they respond and what, how web-focused they are or how chat or voice, right? So it's not easy to just spin up a new organization just to deal with this data, but there is an initiative from the federal government. Every cabinet-level agency is supposed to have, by now, appointed a chief data officer. Right? Knowledge management as a practice is growing. Mm -hmm. And so this is part of that practice. Um, and you know those, these funds, I know it's getting to the end of the month, these funds are about to go away. But I, I know for a fact that a lot of the, bit of, of the focus on that money has been forms and, and process to enhance, you know, to make that experience better. It's not just buying technology, it's just we want to fix this one thing and then what goes with fixing that one thing in the ecosystem. So that is happening. Right, the idea is to engineer out the problem and not just make continuous workarounds. Correct. They're expensive and you have the same frustration still deployed all that time. Right, although it's still nice to be able to have it and read your workaround as well, right? So, um, you know, if, if there is a problem with the website and you can't fix it, maybe take that URL away and or maybe you say, you know, when they click here, they're automatically directed somewhere, right? So there's that as well. Um, so uh, that, is, that is another advantage, right? So it's definitely an iterative and it's a growth process. This is not going to be an overnight change. You can't just drop technology in and, and suddenly, you know, woo, everything's fantastic. But there's so much that can happen. Uh, and and part, of the, part of the challenge is knowing where to start and how to insert, you know, whether it's technology or process or both, how do you wrap that around where you are today? Because no one can transform overnight, right? Did people use digital transformation. They beat that to death as a concept, right? But you're really transforming the entire mission uh, for the contact center and customer experience center for the right. agency. What you want is for the data, the activities of that process, of that mission, to constantly feed the system so that you get a continuous learning, continuous improvement process, rather than suddenly, let's go transform. Absolutely, and, and, and you can do the crawl, walk, run approach, right? Which is, you know, you want to, if you want to start with journey mapping and just capturing the touch points and do some analysis manually, or, you know, if not near real time, maybe you still have the, you know, you're just taking it in. I'm gonna capture data for the next three months. What am I learning? This is, this is absolutely a valid exercise. There are pilots you can do to, to take advantage of that as well. There's a lot of different programs. So you can set a sample to the technology. It's a little more difficult in the federal space, right? Nothing's for free in the federal government. But um, you definitely, we, there are programs in place to make sure that 
it's a right sure. fit for you as well. Um, All right. Well, on that note, we need to conclude, but I think you're the guy to call if anyone has a question. Please, please do reach out. All right. Steve Boberski is the Chief Technology Officer for the Public Sector at Genesis. I'm Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights, sponsored by Genesis on Federal News Network.